Valerie Morris here with today's interview. Today we have Pat Flynn joining me, and let me just tell you that this interview is full of some really good stuff. Pat is a podcaster, passive income expert, educator, speaker, author, and really one of the most humble guys in the digital marketing space I have seen so far. Without further ado, let's dig in. Hey Pat, thanks so much for joining me today and um, just being willing to share your, your insights and your experience um, just with my listeners and um, being able to open up this discussion today. I'm really excited to, to have you part of this. I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah, great. So, so you and I have something in common and that is that we both kind of come from this architecture background professionally. We both have had experience and our education is in that. And at some point or another, we both pivoted and um, took our careers, our day jobs kind of in a different direction. And um, I'd love to kind of get some insight in from, from you as to how you have seen your design and architecture experience kind of meld with what you're doing now. You know, do you see any parallels? And if so, between the right brain, left brain thinking in the architecture world, um, the form and function, like how does that play out in what you're doing today with SPI, with Smart Passive Income, um, and any of your other programs? You know, it's interesting because when I had gotten laid off in 2008 from my dream job as sort of an aspiring architect, uh, when I had considered being an entrepreneur and coming online and building my own business, I thought that all the skills I learned in architecture school and as an aspiring architect were going to be useless. Mm. Here I am starting something completely brand new. However, I was soon to find that it was actually uh, quite the opposite. I had a lot of advantages having come from a design background in the world of online business. Um, and a lot of it was based on work ethic, I think, as an architect. You know, you have to spend a little bit of time upfront planning something before you actually execute on it. And in the world of business, yes, you should get started as soon as possible, but having a little bit of experience planning so that you know you're headed in the right direction is a very great skill to have and a good thing to sort of have equipped uh, as a business owner. In addition to that, knowing that a project that can be massive will take some time and how to break that large amount of time up into small achievable milestones was another uh, great thing that I picked up in architecture that I didn't realize was going to be very relevant for my work as a business owner. And my first experience with that was in writing an ebook. And that mm -hmm. was something that took a month and a half. And at the start, it seemed like this daunting task that was going to take forever. And it was something that I had never done before, but I approached it like I had approached a lot of the projects that I was managing which was, okay, well, let's create milestones and deadlines along the way so that I can hold myself accountable and keep the client happy. And I was the client, essentially, during that process. And so that was really helpful, too. But from a design standpoint, I think, most of all, it allowed me to appreciate more than just the content that I was producing online as a business owner and the product, but more so the experience that went along with that from cover to cover, from log in to log out, all those kinds of, kinds of things. And, and then finally, my skill as somebody who was pretty proficient in Photoshop became pretty useful because I was able to design my own covers. I was able to get my hands into a lot of things that other business owners just don't know how to do or would right. struggle to do. So even from creating logos to graphic design on my website, although it wasn't perfect, I was able to get enough of a good quality on, on the website to sort of have that experience that I would want people to have with my stuff versus with my buildings or design work. Yeah, it's amazing how many different skills you get in an architecture education that yeah. 
that and also knowing how to uh, function with very little sleep. Oh, yeah, low sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, being able to just kind of push through and get done what needs to get done. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the long studio hours in college definitely prepared me very well for kind of just pushing through. It also prepared me for the loneliness of entrepreneurship. Mm. I think that was, of anything, uh, the, the thing that I missed the most about my architecture job was the fact yeah. that I had people who were there that I could collaborate with right on the other side of that cubicle. And as an entrepreneur, it's uh, you know pretty lonely. And so I do what I can to connect with others online and offline. But those long nights in the studio where you're by yourself and you're cranking away and you're gluing things together or, you know, trying to avoid cutting yourself with an exacto knife, like those <laughs> come in use when you are by yourself in your home office or wherever working on your next project or your business. Right. Oh gosh. You're just conjuring up so many of my memories from <laughs> building models and drawings and all of that back in the day. Um, right. But I kind of repressed for a while there. So um, great. Well, so you have actually, in, in my opinion, done a really good job of kind of being known for something completely different. I mean, when you first start off, people knew you as, oh, you're an architect, that's, that's the route you're going down. Um, but now I know you more as a podcaster and as someone that's really into passive income streams and you know a lot about that. Not only that, but I think you also um, have this, this thought leadership track of being known just in digital marketing and kind of digital tactics because you have been testing them for so many years for yourself. But what does it look like to be known as an expert in one topic? And if you're changing careers or pivoting, what does it look like to build up authority in that new topic and kind of change gears? Well, it's kind of tough at first to change gears because, you know, you thought you were going to be on this one path and that's what you were destined for. And then all of a sudden things happen. And sometimes it's stuff that you can control, but other times it's stuff that you cannot. For me, it was the fact that there was a recession happening in 2008 and they had kept me on as long as possible, but just it just so happened that I was going to be let go. Yeah. And it was, it was tough. I think mentally realizing that uh, perhaps you might have made wrong choices or that um, you, know, you weren't in the right lane or you were getting pushed out of the lane you want to be in. Th those are all very difficult things. And I think mentally that's the biggest challenge for anybody making a pivot is just like mentally how you deal with that. And I, I think that the biggest thing for me is to realize that, well, what got me here won't get me there. And to always remember what there is. There doesn't necessarily mean I am going to be an architect. It just means I am going to be somebody who will take pride in designing something that can then help others in some way, shape, or form. And it just so happens that online in business, my shape or form, the form of a building or a space, but more so a, an experience of consuming information or a web experience of some kind. And it's interesting because no matter what we do, I think the most important thing is to realize what our superpowers are and mm -hmm. to put those into whatever we do. And that will help make that transition easier. So if you were very skilled in one way, um, how can you take that skill, although it may be in a completely different area, and implement it there? And that way it doesn't seem so far off. You just have to happen to be e either serving different people or creating different things, but you're doing it in kind of a similar manner in your own style and the way that you want to do it. And I think the other most important thing about this is to realize that, you know, we have to always consider not just what we're doing, but why we're doing it. So what is the end goal and, and who are we serving and what, what does that all mean and what kind of lifestyle do we really want to live? And it's funny because sometimes we don't even realize how great a pivot can be until much later down the road. Yeah. And we, 
the entrepreneurial thing was always in the back of my mind, a potentially temporary thing that would allow me to stay above water until I could get back into architecture. And it wasn't until about a year sure. later that I realized that, wow, this is actually so much better. And I'm so thankful that this layoff happened, even though at the time it was the worst thing to ever happen to me. Yeah. And I have now more opportunities. I have now better ways to utilize my skills. I now have as an entrepreneur versus somebody working for others, my own say, I can be my own boss, and I can make my own decisions, which comes with its set of own uh, of its own challenges because you know, yeah. I'm now in charge of accounting, I'm in charge of legal, I'm in charge of, you know, I'm wearing all the hats now versus just one hat that I could wear really well. Um, but I think when it comes to pivoting, it's, it's being open to change and understanding that that means new opportunities versus lost chances. Yeah, I love that. Wow. So much, so much good stuff in what you just said. <laughs> I love that. So now whether someone it has been doing this for a while or they're just starting off in something new, if, if people were really trying to build their online authority in today's digital world, um, what is one piece of advice you would have for them? The one piece of advice would, uh, that I have would be to stick to one thing and master that. Um, and that can be hard at first, especially when you don't know necessarily what that one thing is, which means you may have to try a few things. But then once you find out something that gives you a flow, gives you really nice feelings, that gives you a little bit of results, like go all in with that. It can be very simple, especially in this digital age with access to everybody talking about everything to want to do all those things. And that's where people fall into a trap because they see people like me who do have a podcast, they do have a blog, they do have a YouTube channel, they do have an Instagram, a Twitter account, a Facebook page, Facebook group all the things and they want to do all those things at once, yeah. it's never going to work. You're going to be spreading yourself too thin. Your energy will be spread too thin. Your time and attention to each of those things will be spread too thin, thus never having any of those things having a chance to actually give you any, even the results you're looking for. So once you can wear your groove and, and your, 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 where, where you can hone in your energy, then put all your energy into that. And that means not just focusing on one channel or one content platform, but also focusing on one particular group of people, a particular market or audience. Another big yeah. challenge that entrepreneurs have is they want to help everybody. And as much as we all want to help everybody, if you try to help everybody, you're actually going to help nobody. Right. When you narrow the field down and you niche down, the riches are in the niches. When you focus on that certain group of people with a specific problem, guess what? There's less competition in that space. If I'm going to be doing fitness-related things, well, if I were to create a general fitness website for all things fitness, it would be so hard for me to even be noticed in that space because there's already so many established people versus if I were to go and specifically hone in on male parents who are also entrepreneurs who are just trying to fit in some workout in between all the busy work that they do. Well, yeah. now it's less competition, but more than that, I, I know where to find those people because <laughs> they all hang out together. I know exactly what to say to them because they respond to certain things. They have their own specific set of problems that then if they see I know what they're going through, then they're going to come to me for a solution, whatever that solution may be. And guess what? I can go to those people and ask them what solutions would make sense for them. And instead of just building things and hoping people will go or join uh, or buy, I can build for that group of people who I get to know very well and give them exactly what they need and remove all the guesswork. So hone in on your market, your one strategy and your one platform, and just go on with that and master that. And then once you have your systems down, whether that's efficiencies, if you're doing it all your own so that you get more time back, or you begin to hire people or a team or VAs or other help to support that and give you more time back, then you can expand on to the next platform or the next you know, uh, 
social media platform or uh, content platform or whatever it might be. So st stick with one, master it, and um, th that's going to help you so much. It's hard, <laughs> though, because we, we, we often feel like we're missing out because we're not on those other businesses. Right. And I think FOMO is a big sort of uh, curse for us entrepreneurs and, and people who want to build freedom is, is, okay, well, we have this freedom, so we can do whatever we want, so let's do everything. Yeah. But if you instead flip FOMO, fear of missing out, to JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, mm. and saying to yourself, hey, I'm so proud of myself for making a decision to stick this through. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying like, uh, well, I have to do everything. No, I get to do this one thing and do it very well. You're going to give yourself a huge leg up over your competition who might be distracted with all the other bright, shiny objects out there. I, I really like that. I'm, I'm going to start quoting you with that all the time now. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Okay. So um, what are a few projects right now that you're really excited about that oh you should all go check out? I always have a lot of big projects in the works. I have my first <laughs> physical product coming out very soon. At the end of January 2019 here, we will be launching on Kickstarter an invention. So my partner and I wow. who work together on the video side of things in my brand we came up with a physical product idea. It's for a tripod specifically built for vloggers. And it has the set of three legs then swinging to create a handle and then they open up again. And it's called the Switch Pod. And that's launching nice. at the end of January. And that's our first, my first foray into physical products, which just to be honest, it's, it's made me appreciate digital products way more. <laughs> products, there's so much involved. From right. materials to the packing and shipping to the, you know, quantity ordered and how much, uh, there's just so much to do, but it's a fun experiment and I like to try new things. And just That's cool. I'm learning a lot. Um, my first live event is happening this year as well. In That's Japan. right. It's called FlynnCon. And you might be like, FlynnCon, this is like a super self-centered event. And it's not about me, really. It's about the community. And yeah. a community of people on my YouTube channel and on my brand called Team Flynn. My audience is called Team Flynn. Yeah. And this is a event to bring Team Flynn together and to support the community. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll see what happens there. That's uh, flynncon1.com. Okay. Then, great. Uh, finally, I have a new book that's going to be coming out very shortly. Okay. Sort of near and around the time of FlynnCon as well. And that book is about building super fans in your business. I'm at a point now, 10 years after starting, that I can literally tweet that I'm going to be in a restaurant somewhere, and there'll be a group of people who are there waiting for me. And it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty scary, too, at the same time. <laughs> I just never thought this would happen. But sure. to have uh, super fans in your business that will support you, that will be there for you no matter what you do, who will be your first customers, who will be your first reviewers, um, it's, it's a really amazing tool and asset to have in your brand. And you don't need a lot of them to make a lot of sort of impact on your business, on the world, on other people's lives. So I'm going to be teaching people in this book how to get super fans, um, even if you're just starting out. So yeah, those are, those are some of the fun things I'm working on this year. That's really fun. I love all those. And I've, I've been watching a few of them, but I uh, didn't know about the physical product too much. I know that that's just, I've just seen rumblings of that. So that was cool. Just switchpod.co and we'll see what happens. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll put all those links in the show notes as well for this. Um, and just, you know, thanks so much for, for taking the time today, sharing these amazing insights. As we wrap up um, with this interview here, where can people go to find out more about you and your resources? The best place to go to would be my website at smartpassiveincome.com. And uh, on Instagram or Twitter, that's where you can find me most active, at Pat Flynn. Okay, 
Awesome. Well, great. Thanks so much, Pat. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody.